With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. As we've been talking about all week, huge weekend of trials now, the last time, the last hitouts before the NRL season starts proper. And a little bit of history for the Titans against the Dolphins Sunday at uh, KO Stadium. Just reading on the Titans website that uh, this gentleman is very, very keen to rumble. Bo Firma, very good morning to you, Bo. Good morning. How's it going? Yeah, good, mate. You're ready to go, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's been a long pre-season. I'm ready to play some footy. And time-wise, you know, do you know when you started uh, pre-season? It's, it's, they're shorter than they used to be too, aren't they? Is that, is that a sign that you've really been flogged? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I think um, I think I started back mid-November, like the 14th of November, I think I started back. So, um, yeah, feels like forever ago. Yeah, that is pretty long. I thought they were starting later than that. Uh, well, what about that? What do you call, is it the con room that you guys have got? Yeah, the conditioning room. Yeah, I hate that place. <laughs> I'm glad to see the back of it now. So, yeah, hopefully I don't have to go up there again for a yeah, while. Yeah, no injuries. I know. Yeah. Now, Sunday, up against a couple of old mates, Jared Wallace and Herman SASA. Yeah, yeah, it'll be fun. It's always um, fun to play against a few old mates, and um, hopefully I can get one up on them. He's he's always got a bit of lip on him too, Jay Wall, hasn't he? And he <laughs> he's captain, isn't he? Yeah, he no, does. no, not this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah you know, he always has. He always has something to say, so I'm looking forward to it. And Bo, your your body is it? It's already. No niggles. How perfect can you start a season? And are you going to do that? Yeah, well, um, yeah, obviously it's good to get through the pre-season with no niggles. We train mm. really hard and, yeah, I'm feeling feeling really good. So, um, yeah, it's good to be going into the season 100% healthy and um, hopefully that means that I start the season really well. Yeah. What's the feeling there? Sorry, the heel. So what's the feeling there, mate? Because there's no doubt last season was a disappointment. Yeah, definitely, and I think that the whole preseason's been fueled by we don't want to have that feeling again, and um, obviously got a few new faces and um, that have brought a lot of experience to our team. And um, like every club, we're feeling really confident without having played a game, so um, it'll be good to test that out this weekend and um, hopefully see the stuff that we've been working on um, out on the field. And we're guessing, although we've been told a few times, mate, you, you've been hammered in defensive structures, I bet. Yeah, obviously that's probably the biggest area that we needed to improve as a club. So um, it's no secret that our pre-season's been based, based around a lot um, of our defence and making sure that we're not leaking as many points and metres as we were last year. How, how does a typical session go for you guys? You know, the facets you've got to work on, so... Def- defence and attack and forwards and backs and kick chase and defensive, do, do they break it down into the, you know, your defensive 20 and then your attacking 20 and, and how you're going to defend in each different parts of the field? How how does a footy session go? Yeah, well, ours is like more what a focus is on different days. So um, say a Monday is um, 
like a focus on our good ball defence. So when they're attacking our try line, um, we're defending our goal line and then we switch with um, our second team and practice our good ball attack. And then a Wednesday is based more around that um, yardage defence, so stopping them from coming out their end and then flipping that and being able to come out of our end. And then um, Friday we normally put it all together and play a bit of an opposed session where we're getting um, a bit more flow to it and um, a mixture of both of those um, areas of the field. The coach last year made no secret of the fact that he couldn't wait for Kieran Foran to arrive just to add that experience around the halves. How's he been with you, mate? Because you're going to have to work alongside him. Yeah, he's been unreal. It makes my job really easy. I just got to run and catch the ball. So um, I'm really looking forward to playing with him. And um, it's been really good at um, pre-season training. He's um, just passing on his wisdom to not only myself, but um, all the little all the halves are following him around like little puppies at the moment. So um, <laughs> it's good to see that um, they're all learning off him. And um, yeah, really looking forward to seeing what he can do out on the field. Actually, who does your kicking? Who does the kick chase, the kicking, the long kicking? Um, I think it'll mainly be Tanner. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, obviously, if, yeah, um, Kieran, if if he's um, if Tanner's tied up with something else. Yeah. So, so he's an important one at training too, ain't he? To get the timing of everything right, and and you blokes to support the, what's coming off his boot. Uh, is that combination feeling good? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Tanner's on the other side to me. So, um, but yeah, the way that he's um, trained this preseason, he's really taken control of the team and um, made that seven jersey his own. And um, yeah, he's he's um, been working really hard in his kicking game, and obviously, yeah, kick chase is a big part of it. So, we've been doing a lot of work on making sure that we're on side and getting down there as fast as we can. The other really important signing for the club, obviously, has been Sam Verrills. Yeah, yeah, we obviously um, didn't have a specialist hooker last year. Um, obviously, we had Aaron Kike that started there, but we saw what he did playing lock later in the year. So um, it's been really good to have a specialist nine um, leading our, our middles around the park. And it's, I think it's made our halves' job a lot easier that they're not having to worry about directing the middles around. He can take care of that. and um, Yeah, they can take care of the rest. And then obviously we've got... Um, Chris Randall there as well from Newcastle who um, gives us really good depth on um, if something of a touch wood happens to Sam where he can't play for a couple of weeks that we've got another specialist hooker to jump straight in there. Hey, the other thing, the obvious question, we were chatting to Justin last week and uh, you know, he was hoping that the whole David Fafita saga could be done you know, before the start of the, the season proper. You were you massaging Dave and just saying, hey, the Gold, place, the Gold Coast is a beautiful place to live. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I, I really want him to stay because I don't want to be um, tackling him. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm rubbing his shoulders and doing whatever he needs so hopefully he can stay around for a while longer. Yeah, because we'd like both of you in origin jerseys at some stage, mate. Uh, strong aspirations of that? Yeah, definitely. Being a Queensland kid, that's, I think, um, a Queensland kid that plays rugby league always wants to pull on a Queensland jersey. So, I'm no different, and yeah, it's been a goal of mine since I was a, since I can remember. So hopefully one day I get that opportunity. Right. We we hear today about uh, Wayne Bennett sort of spraying the Dolphins a little bit, probably about standards that, that might have been slipping in a little period of training. Um, 
do you cop those? You know, who who looks after the standards of every session that you have to you put in? Um, well, t- I think Tino's really big on that, being our captain. That um, he kind of leads by example, and he's really quick to um, pull us up if there's something that we're not doing that's not up to our standards. And yep. um, yeah, I think it's it's a bit better when it's a bit player driven as well. So um, yeah, Tino's really quick to. Um, pull us up if we're not living by our standards that we want to as a club, which is really good. All right. Well, this is the start of another rivalry, mate. We've got a 17th team in the comp. You get a chance to play the Dolphins in a trial match, admittedly, uh, at KO Stadium this weekend. And, of course, uh, you'll have them in the NRL proper as a third derby for you guys. So it's exciting, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I think, um, yeah, I've never... It'll be a bit different playing against a new team. You get used to the same teams all the time, but... It's exciting for the game, and um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to running out and um, playing against them and having another Queensland team in the comp. I reckon the hardest thing for you is waiting around till Sunday to play. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We've got the last game on Sunday night. So <laughs> yeah. I'd love to be playing tonight, but yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it, and it'll be good once it comes around. Oh, good luck, mate. Bo Firma, thanks very much for your time today. Yes, you said it's been a long, long preseason. You're ready to rumble. Cheers. Thanks, guys. Bo Firma joining us there. Let's get to cricket. Darren Lehman on the line. Don't forget, every ball of the second test between India and Australia is live on SEN coverage. Starts at 1.30 this afternoon. Boof, good morning to you. Morning, you too. How are you? We're going beautifully. Thank you. Are you still interstate covering games in state cricket? No, no. I'm back home this morning. Early flight hills, so back in sunny Brisbane. Oh, nice. Nice day out there, wasn't it, this morning? Beautiful, beautiful. It was early, early start. Yeah. <laughs> now you've been reasonably forthright on this Australian team after the first test. Yeah, well, with the Travis Head scenario, yeah. yeah. But uh, I can't see much changing. If you know, once they've made that sort of decision, I think, I think they'll probably stay with the same six. To be perfectly honest, unless Cameron Green comes up. If you sort of go backwards, you, you're sort of admitting a mistake, aren't you? In in essence, so I think they'll stay with the same and give those six another chance at it. If Cameron Green's fit, they'll probably play him, which would allow them to play three spinners. They actually need some variety. They need the left armour to come in. So whether it's Agar or Kuhneman, uh, from a Queensland point of view, you hope it's Matthew Kuhneman. Um, and they need that spinning the other way option. But, gee, you'd play Stark if there's any chance of him being, you know, three quarters right, wouldn't you? I've seen vision of him bowling. He looks good, and it looks good coming out of his hand. Have you had? Have you seen that? And what are your thoughts on stuff? Oh, yeah, I've seen that. It's just it's a big test match, isn't it? Just to thrust him back in. Yeah. No tour game doesn't help, does it? No. <laughs> I mean, you'd love to have a game, uh, sort of mid-test series as well, um, to allow him to play those sort of guys to see if they're fit enough. Um, you can only go by what uh, Mitchell will say. He knows his body better than most, so. Uh, does he come straight back in? Well, it depends. It really depends. I think they've got to have... If he plays, then the two offers become more viable because of the footmarks he creates. Yes. But let's be honest, it's going to spin anyway, Hills. We know it's going to spin, so I, I just think we need some variety. I think we need the left armour in. But what are the batters got to do? We saw so many LBWs. Hit the ball, Paddy. Hit the ball. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That'd be a start. I mean... The, the big thing we talked about each year we go there and it's not get beating on the inside, which is getting LBW. If you're going to get out, you know, make it spin a pass you and nick the outside edge. That's basically what you're trying to do. And 
Uh, we, we got bowled and LBW, which is a little bit disappointing. I know the players would have been working on that all in the lead-up. And then, obviously, in the game, they don't want that to happen. So get beaten on the outside is the key to making good runs. That's what India do quite well. They hardly, Very rarely they get LBW uh, to a spinner. They're normally hitting the ball. Um, so that's one thing we can improve if we do that. And don't be afraid to leave your crease occasionally. You don't have to sweep everything. We, we, we're caught up in sweeping a lot, I think. So, yes, sweeps are a really good option, but you still get down the crease and, and blunt the, the, the spin of the ball, and then you get an odd short one because they're not sure whether you're coming down or going back or sweeping. Mm. Are we overthinking it? Um, no batsman left their crease or swept. Was it? Do you think they just froze or were they just underdone? Oh, it looks a bit underdone in those conditions, Hills, if we're honest, I suppose. Um, you know, Kerry obviously swept a lot. Uh, a few of them, they've got to play a few of them, got to play a few more sweep shots, be a bit more proactive with their feet. Marnus tried to do that, got beaten. Yes. I don't mind that if they get beaten, mate, to be fair, in that delivery, because that's a pretty good ball. That's a good ball. You know, if it? he's down another another step, he, he's getting out on the full or a half volley. So at least he's being proactive. I, I think if, if the froze is not, it's probably not being brave enough to actually be prepared to leave your crease, I reckon. Yeah. Or, or play the sweep, you know. So anyway, they'll be much more proactive, I'm sure. This match, I'm yeah, gonna here's a I test. For, here's a test for you, Buff. Your rating. I haven't heard the ICC's rating of the Nagpur pitch, right? Your rating out of excellent, good, average, below average, or poor. Uh, well, we'll make headlines again, Hills. Every time you get me in trouble, it's something like so. I'll, I'll go below average to poor. How's that? Oh, would you? Well, I was thinking average. Because I think that's... No. I reckon it was a day early, that's all. I think on day yeah, one, yeah. it was a day two wicket. So it's not really yeah. poor. No, it's poor. Um, it's it's poor because it's spinning day one, Heels. And you, you went to India, and really the wickets weren't like that. No, they? that's they, right. Yes, they did spin, but they did spin gradually over day three, day four, and then spun big on day five. Yes. It's spinning from day one now, these wickets, and Delhi will be the same. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the biggest issues, I suppose. So I think they've probably got a, you know, they've got quality spinners. They don't need to make them spin that big on day one, I don't think. They're a quality side and they're hard to beat at home. They just have to, you know, make it, uh, make, make it a little less, a little more flatter, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you know what happens when they get the wicket perfect, like the old Indian conditions, they win the toss and bat on the good conditions. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, and they, and they get 600, <laughs> which is exactly what we have to try and do. <laughs> well, they're obviously paranoid a bit about this. They don't want any cameras or anything around the pitch. No photos, please. Oh. Well, it's, it's ridiculous. Uh, and look, I mean, also, they, you know, they fired back with, you know, the Gabba was green for the South African Test match, and that was probably too green, to be fair, wasn't it? Yeah. For yep. the, the Test match against South Africa. So we've got to cop that criticism. Um, but, you know, when India come out here, we seem to produce really nice flat wickets for them to play on, which might change, might and, not as well. And we give that criticism of the Gabba wicket at the time, too. We, we, just, we just don't cop it. We, we were in there saying, you know, this is too green and too soft. Um, yeah, I tell agreed, you who's, agreed. I tell you who's not soft at the moment, uh, Jadeja. How good is he playing? Ball and bat. Oh, oh yeah. Well, th- that's the biggest advantage they've got because he bats in the top six, see, so they can play the two quicks yes. still, where we haven't got that advantage. So we may have to think outside the square if a Stark's not fit or not 100%, then I think we play three spinners and open the bowling with line. Yeah, and but my problem is... Do that anyway. the problem is... Yeah, okay. My problem is if Stark is fit, 
Well, that's right. If he's fit, he's probably going to play, isn't he? Yep. And then you might have to make a hard call on uh, Murphy. You know, you've got to play, have some variation. But if you're ever going to play two off spinners, it's when Stark's fit. Yeah, exactly. Exactly right. Hey, just very quickly, we appreciate your time today. Uh, Baz Ball has fired oh. up again. The Poms have declared it. Yes. Nine for 325 or 58 overs on day one of a test match. And it's worked. They had 18 overs with the pink ball. Uh, and they, they've got New Zealand three for 37, including that prize scalp of Kane Williamson. Yeah, I watched the bowling from New Zealand. And that was Nagpur pitch below average. Um, that was poor bowling. Uh, they they just couldn't stop from scoring and didn't just bowl normal good length. And when they did bowl good length, they got wickets. It was amazing. So, you know, England put them off their the game with the baseball, and it was good watch from a, a batting point of view. Um, I think all you got to do there is just actually stop their boundaries, bowl normal balls, and you'll actually get England out. Yes. Uh, but no one's been able to do it yet because yeah. they put you off the game. So it's been exciting to watch. All right. Great, mate. Great to chat, as usual. Thank you for your time today. Thanks, Buffett. Thanks, boys. Aussie cricket legend Darren Lehman joining us then. Queensland is your place to race this year. Queensland is racing, and the action continues right across the Sunshine State. Visit racingqueensland.com.au. Sunny coast this afternoon, Eagle Farm tomorrow. Sammy Highland's joining us while um, or Chris Nelson's taking a little bit of time off. Sammy, uh, we will talk tips, etc. but uh, I think you'd be aware of this news, and Dimmy uh, was on to us very early this morning. Vale, Dean Lester, much respected identity and form master in Australian racing, always listened intently to his comments and selections. Sadly gone to cancer at 54, RIP Dean. And Lee sent through a, a similar message of uh, sympathy to the family of Dean Lester. Uh, sad loss, mate. We, we've known Dino's been crook for a while and there's been GoFundMe pages amongst all the racing fraternity. But it, it's, a, it's a sad day because he was one of the most respected voices in the caper, wasn't he? So well said there, Pat. Um, yeah, just very sad news. Uh, very sad news to, to wake up to hear that that Dino has passed, and uh, we know that he's uh, had a really tough battle on him. Uh, and, you know, it's quite quickly that we heard about it and, and then uh, uh, and how it's affected Dino and, and got him in the end. And it's just uh, really sad news. And, and uh, yeah, he's, he was an amazing talent to read races. I, I've mm. known Dean Lester since I was 15, uh, an apprentice at Cranbourne. He was the clocker at Cranbourne. Just had an amazing talent to read races and horses. You know, Pat, you could ring Dean. You could ring Dean. You'd be riding a horse and you could ring Dean. He would tell you his, his whole career just straight off. He, he wouldn't even have to He wouldn't even have to look it up on the computer. You know, he just, he just knew. He just lived and breathed horse racing his whole life. And, um, yeah, as we know, he was such a successful tipster and punter and and uh, and a great fella with it. And also, you know, I remember, um, I remember playing golf with Dino. Uh, Pat, he was a really handy golfer. Like, obviously, um, you know, he had polio as a as a child, and and um, always had a walking stick from the whole time I knew him. But um, he he used to play golf. He'd go around the cart. He'd just jump out, play, shot. He was, <laughs> he was such a talented golfer, and he had a real passion for it. So. Uh, uh, a very sad loss to the racing industry. Oh, nice insight too, uh, Sammy. What, what's a clocker? And do, do they stay there I, I, with a the stopwatch? What are yeah, they doing for for a one yeah, stable exactly, or every every stable? That's exactly what they do uh, uh, here. So it's um, they they would go fast mornings, turn up fast mornings, 
But in the mm. early days, Dino used to be at the track every day because he just wanted to he wanted to keep an eye on every horse. And yeah. uh, but they, they would he would watch gallops and then obviously clock them with the stopwatch. He'd turn up to the box at Cranbourne and he'd have four stopwatches around his neck. It would be nothing for Dino to have three or four gallops going at one time on the on the on all the different watches. And at the end of it, he, he knew them all, you know, like, uh, and then he would go on the radio uh, and he would go on the radio and, and talk about on Saturday morning, what, what he saw throughout the week. And he used to write a few pieces for, uh, for the winning post and, and so on. So, yeah, mm-hmm. but uh, I suppose, um, I suppose, Pat, they're a thing of the past, aren't they? The clockers. It's, uh, we have so much information now that, you know, people used to, you know, live and die by what, what Dino would say on a Saturday morning. And I, no. I guess that's, that's where he got his following, you know. Exactly right. Still one of the best judges that I've ever heard. Hey, listen, uh, time's ticking on. You better find us a winner. Righto. Eagle Farm on Saturday. I want to get us off to, to a ripper start. So I'm going race two, number two, Tears of Love. $6.50. You can get this. Uh, this horse is in great form. He loves the track. Gets three kilos off weight relief for Malaya Castle. And, uh, yeah, gee, I reckon it's a good race for him. So race two, number two, Tears of Love. Race four, number four, Tappy's Lad, 750 into $6 uh, this morning. It's got a postage stamp on its back. Mark Duplessis on board. Uh, I think this Tappy is a really tough, hardy Kiwi, and he'll love these conditions. He's drawn to get a sweet run, and I think he'll give a great sight. And this is my best of the day. Race eight, number three, Boom Nova. It's three dollars forty out to four dollars. It's blown out the gate, but uh, we won't worry about that. Somebody likes something else, but I like Boom Nova. It's got to be the class about her this mare. She wasn't uh, she wasn't far away in some handy races in Sydney last prep, and I, I think uh, she loves the track. She's three from three at the track. She's my best of the day. I think she'll be winning race eight, number three, Boom Nova. Oh, brilliant! So there we go, Hills. Is something. I tell you what. Yeah. I, I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you boys one here. Uh, I just remembered here. I backed it last night at $126 in the CSA Stakes at Flemington, race six, number fifteen, Dirty Grin. It should not be those odds. It is way over the odds. I think it's 100 to one this morning, and it's worth something on each way. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll be on the commercial break. <laughs> Good stuff. Hey, just very quickly, how do you think Ball is going to go in the big one tomorrow in the Lightning? Uh, look, I think it's I'm I'm a big fan of Rock and Horse in that race, but Baller can run well. Uh, you know, Nature Strip, he's getting a bit long in the tooth now. Surely he's got to pull up soon. I mean, I know he's a champion, but oh, he's a superstar, complete superstar. But he can he can put a, a sticky one in, so I'm going to bet against him. I'm going with Rock and Horse, but I'm sure that Baller uh, he hasn't gone down there for a picnic. He'll give it a shake. Brilliant. All right, you've got tips everywhere for us, including one at a hundred to one. You could be Nostradamus come yeah. Monday morning. Thanks, Sammy. Have a good weekend, boys. Sammy Highland there. They could well be building statues to it. Oh, we'll have dirty grins on Monday. If he tips us a hundred to one winner. As I said, Heels, and he spoke so beautifully about it, the news from racing, uh, the big news in racing today is that we've lost Dean Lester. He was one of the most respected voices in the game. And you know, Heels, in all those years that I did the Melbourne Cup, working with the Bruce McAvaney team, 
Uh, Macca spoke to Dean with almost reverential awe when we would yeah. walk onto the track of a morning. Dean, I would always be there out front of the jockey's room at Flemington. And Macca would just, you know, Dino, good to see it. What's your best, mate? You know, it was, mm. yeah. It was and, always and you great. know the clocker type thing. Did did trainers and stables do their own clocking? Yeah. Oh, yeah, they do their own. And Dino was just doing it for himself well, and I, his no, knowledge. No, he did it for his publications. Yeah, and, and then shared it, yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah, exactly right. 